Thanks for checking out the Airborne Youth Podcast. This week you'll be hearing a teaching from Ben Evenson. So I'm, I got caught up in this book of the Bible. How many of you love to read? How many readers in the room love reading? Okay. I'm not one of you. All right. Honest. I'm not. I've like, I'm pretty sure I graduated college without ever reading an entire book cover to cover. I don't brag about that. It just is like, I read most of it, but I definitely was one that was like, I will read as much as I have to, to get the information I need to get beyond this. I've, I, I have just had a hard time getting lost in books. I totally like envy the people that can like sit down and read like a 400 page novel in like less than three years. Like I'm serious. It is so hard for me. It's like, but do you get this? Like, so I don't sit down with my Bible. I'll be really honest. I don't sit down with my Bible and just like crack out page upon page upon page upon page. When I pull my Bible out, I go like, what is this spot? And I really gravitate to the short books. I'll tell you, like, Psalms is not my favorite. I love parts of Psalms. It's just so long, I feel like I'll never finish. To me, okay, for some of us, okay? So there's a few books, Philemon. I almost memorized the whole book at one point in college. It's like 16 verses, the whole book. (laughs) It's really, it's less than a page. I was like, I'm going to memorize the whole book of the Bible. Find me the easy one, right? I didn't even finish that. I'm sorry. You know, I know, I'm a failure, I'm a Bible college graduate, and I've never memorized the whole book of the Bible. Anyway, James is a really good one. Four chapters. Each chapter is like a page and a half. Six-page books, they're my favorite, okay? So if you ever re- look at the Bible and you're like, my gosh, I will never get through that, okay. Just start with the little books. It's like a whole bunch of books all in one. My three-year-old daughter has a bunch of books like this that are like children's books, but there's like eight eight books inside the book. We never at bedtime will read all eight books. I would die. But I will read one of them to her, and it's wonderful. And I say, it's over. All right, good. Like, I love to read to her. I'm not saying it's bad, but I'm not going to read her a novel at night before bed. It's just not going to happen, okay? Maybe when she's older, we'll get into chapter books, and I'll pray that I can make it through. But here's the deal. James is a pretty short book. And I want to ask you a question real quick, okay? Biblical history trivia for some of you that have some of that background in you. Who was James? The guy who wrote the book, it's named after him, James. Who's James? This is super significant. It'll blow your mind. Who is it? Jesus' brother. Okay, Mary was a virgin when she had Jesus, but then she did get married to Joseph, who was Jesus' like stepdad. Okay, so Jesus knew what it was to have like a unconventional family. And then we know that his dad died when he was pretty young. We don't know anything. Like after 12 years old, we never... After Jesus being 12 years old, we never hear about Joseph again. So we assume somewhere in the mix, Joseph lost, or Jesus lost his own father. So he went through a lot of stuff. Like he was born out of wedlock. <laughs> Challenging, right? Or maybe born in wedlock, but conceived out of wedlock and had a family crisis. They were like totally ostracized from their, from their family clan and the whole deal. It wasn't really this holy thing. It wasn't like, oh, Mary's pregnant with the son of God. It was like, oh, she screwed up. Like, think about it. No, mom, dad, I swear, nothing happened. Right. Okay, do you hear that this is scandal? But then Mary and Joseph do get married, and they had other children. One of those was James, Jesus' younger brother. How would you like that? How many of you have the perfect sibling that is like, does no wrong? You get compared to him all the time. Mom and dad are like, why can't you be like 
Can you imagine being the sibling of the Son of God? Can you, like, Mom, Jesus hit me! Yeah, right. He started it. No, he didn't. You don't have a prayer. Like, can you imagine being Jesus' younger brother? This is the guy who wrote this book. And what we know historically about James is he did not believe in Jesus as the Messiah till well after he was dead, resurrected, and gone. James was defiant of who his brother was. The son of God lived a perfect life, lived around and probably watched all the crazy miracles happen, knew how famous his brother was. Guess what? We don't really ever hear about James during the time of Jesus. How sad is that? His poor little brother, half-brother, was totally left out of the story. How do you think James felt all of his life compared to Jesus? Left out of everything, James was like, I want nothing to do with anything that has to do with my brother. Anybody ever had these feelings? Wow. So his brother gets crucified. It might have been a good day in James' life. Ha, ha, my turn. It does make me sad, but hey, you know, if it was that tense, I don't know. I'm speculating. It's not all in the Bible, but I can imagine. I had a brother and a sister you know, they were a little bit further away from me in age, but we, we fought, we have things, you know, like, so I can put myself there and say, wow, what is this about? So you get James, who now, this about 45, 50 years after Jesus had resurrected, so James was older, and he's writing this letter. Somewhere along the line, hey guys, thanks, somewhere along the line, James comes to a place and is like, hey, I believe He watched it. He saw it all. He didn't believe. He didn't believe. Somewhere in the line, we know James put his faith in his brother, the Son of God, and became an apostle to one of the churches of Jerusalem, to the Christian churches of Jerusalem. And this is the only letter we know that he ever wrote. He might have written other ones. This is the one we have on record. And I want you to catch this. The reason I explained all of this is that when you read the Bible, it's really helpful to have context. Okay, to understand what is going on. Because if you expect that the Bible was written by all of these like, holy guys that walked around in robes. Like, no, this was the pissed off brother of Jesus. Okay, who got over it but had a history. Does this make sense? He had, a, he had some challenges. He had some stuff to walk through. And now, you, now he's writing this book to Christians. And it's like this book, James, is actually known as the Proverbs of the New Testament. Proverbs is an entire book about wisdom. It was a father writing a letter to his son, basically, to say, this is how you walk in wisdom. This is how you avoid screwing up your life. This is what this is. Now, James is writing to younger believers and saying, guys, I've picked up some wisdom along the way. And if anybody has experience and gets to talk like this, it's me because I really learned the hard way. And James writes this. So I'm going to read straight through it in the Passion Translation. It says right here, If you consider yourself to be wise and one who understands the ways of God, advertise it with a beautiful, fruitful life guided by wisdom's gentleness. Never brag or boast about what you've done, and you'll prove that you're truly wise. But if there is bitter jealousy or competition hiding in your heart, James, remember who's writing this, if there's bitter jealousy... Or, what's, or competition hiding in your heart. I'm guessing there was some at some point in his past, but he's calling it out and he's saying, I've moved beyond this, but I'm calling you out to this. 
then don't deny it and try to compensate for it by boasting and being phony. For that has nothing to do with God's heavenly wisdom, but can best be described as the wisdom of this world, both selfish and devilish. This reality of recognizing, going like, hey, you know, like, I'm living in competition, looking at people around me, and you get to this place where you start boasting about who you are to puff yourself up. It says that can be equated to this thing that we call worldly wisdom. Guess what? The world has a version of wisdom. Does this make sense? But it's very much right here delineating between heavenly wisdom and worldly wisdom. The worldly wisdom would say, tear others down so that you can rise above them and be better than everybody else, even if you feel like you're not. How many of you see this happen in our culture every day? It's, oh yeah. If you like engage with humans, you run into this. If you have siblings, you run into this. This, I am going to ruin your life so that I can be above you. It is the source and root of every gossipy word. It is the source and root of every sense of bullying. Do you realize that bullies are not powerful? They are compensating for the fact that they feel powerless. And if they tear you down, it raises them up to feel like they might just be above you because they're stepping on your face. Do you hear me? This totally makes sense. This is called heavenly wisdom. Worldly wisdom would say, bully, step on their face, hold them down so they can't beat you. That's worldly wisdom, and that's what we watch absolutely invade and raid our world every single day. Am I right? So wherever jealousy and selfishness are uncovered, you will also find many troubles and every kind of meanness. I didn't even know meanness was actually a word. It's kind of weird. Meanness. But the wisdom from above is always pure, filled with peace, considerate, and teachable. It is filled with love and never displays prejudice or hypocrisy in any form. And it always bears the beautiful harvest of righteousness. It bears out something. Something flows from a place of heavenly wisdom and possessing it. Does this make sense? A little bit? I'll I'll unpack more of it. I just want to get through this. Uh, God's good seeds of wisdom's fruit will be planted with peaceful acts by those who cherish making peace. How many of you cherish making peace? A few of you. Some of you cherish causing fights. Maybe, if you didn't raise your hand. I'm just saying. Like, I think we all in us have a bit of a thing in us that likes to stir up a problem. Okay, I love to argue and debate with people, and sometimes I'll just take the opposite side, even if I agree with them, just to get the, you know, and I don't mean it to, to tear anybody down. I honestly love to argue and talk about things and look at different perspectives, and I feel like it refines me to argue with somebody about something, not because I'm like, oh, I think you're awful and you're evil. Like, you know, I love to argue like the politics thing and all that stuff, not because I'm like, I'm so right. I just want to know and I want to hone my understanding of perspectives and different people's way of viewing the world. Does this make sense? But I think there's something in in me that sometimes gets competitive about it. I like to win. So I will get into arguments and sometimes get, I'll go beyond that healthy discussion to like, no, you're stupid and I'm winning and I'm smarter than you, right? My parents always said, you should be a lawyer when you grow up, but I couldn't do that much reading. Sorry. Anyway, so that, that plan didn't work out. Okay. So here's what this looks like. The heading of this next little section is called living close to God. Anybody 
prefer that as a general way of life. Like, hey, if I could live closer to God, you know, anybody have any awful neighbors and your best friend lives like across town? You're like, if I could only live closer to my best friend and not by this, like, do you like ever thought these things? Like, only if I could live next door to my best friend, we could hang out all the time. Like, right? Right? Yes. Mara's like, I just found her heart on this one. Okay. Seriously. It says living closer to God. I think it's the desire of every single human heart is to experience. Now, obviously, yes. Is God right here right now? Absolutely. I believe he is right here with you. He is not far off. He has not pushed you away. He has not put distance, but there is a certain manifestation of God that happens in a place of faith and relationship. Okay, God is here in this room right now. There is a point of relationship that happens in worship, in a heart that's submitted and humble that says, God, come. And his presence comes in a manifest presence way where you get like chills down your arms or you get you feel heat or warmth or you fall on the ground. And you're just like, oh, my gosh, why am I crying again? It's like they have tear gas in this church. Like that is what that is called a manifest presence of God. And it comes out of relationship. God is not far off, but he is also not forceful. He wants to be invited to show himself and his power in your life. Am I right, Lydia? Word? He wants to be invited. He's not, and he's not even stingy. But he is not like the abusive father that's like, sit down, shut up, I'm going to get in your life. Like, he's like, hey, here I am. It's up to you. Relationship. That's good relationship. I think we all would be like, can handle that. That's a good way to have a relationship. Right here. So this is the question it begins with, living close to God. So why, what is the cause of your conflicts and quarrels with each other? Anybody ever had a conflict or a quarrel with someone in this room? Don't answer. I'm just kidding. I think we've probably all had some kind of quarrel or conflict with somebody in this room if we know anyone in this room. Okay? It's part of the human existence. So it's calling this out. There's so much wisdom in the Word of God. I was reading this in my office earlier, like freaking out. I was like holding it up. I was like, this is ridiculous. So here it comes. Okay, I'm just going to keep moving. I'm going to try to not stop. Doesn't the battle begin inside of you as you fight to have your own way and fulfill your own desires? You jealously want what others have, so you begin to see yourself as better than others. You scheme with envy and harm, or you scheme with envy and harm others to selfishly obtain what you crave. That's why you quarrel and fight. Do you know that? You're selfishly trying to obtain what you want. And it is why we fight. It is why we war with one another because we are after what we want now and we believe we have to take it from someone else so that we can have what we need. Yikes, right? And it says right here in the Bible, that is why you quarrel and fight. All And all the time, you don't obtain what you want because you won't ask God for it. It says it right there. And all the time, you're quarreling and fighting and jockeying for position and power and influence, and you're looking for popularity, and you're all of this, and you're grabbing it from other people and tearing each other down. I'm not accusing you all. I'm looking at a culture, the worldly wisdom system that we've all experienced, and you never obtain what you're trying to get because you didn't Ask the source. God. Jowzers, right? Living close to God means asking. Am I spitting on you guys up front? I think I'm in spit mode right now. I'm sorry. Woo. 
And if you ask, you won't, listen, if you ask, you won't receive it for your asking with corrupt motives. Do you ever have those moments where you're like, God, why can't I have the friends like they have? Even when you ask God, you don't get what you ask for because your motives are screwed up because you're still trying to take from someone what is it yours to have. Do you realize that, that your friends' friends are their friends and you don't have to take them away in order for them to be your friends? Because God has enough friends for you without destroying someone else to have them? Sorry. What? I just said that. Crazy stuff. This is just like the Bible. This is a short book. I haven't even read half of one chapter here. This is how I function in the Word of God. It is not quantity. It's quality. It's like, oh my gosh, my whole life is getting turned upside down in like two paragraphs. I hope it's doing the same for you, or I just look like an idiot up here. I hope it's shifting your thinking and helping you realize something. Seeking only to to, to fulfill your own selfish desires. You have become spiritual, get this one, adulterers who are having an affair, an unholy relationship with the world. Don't you know that flirting with the world's values places you at odds with God? Don't you know that flirting with the world's values puts you at odds with God? Ouch. Whoever chooses to be the world's friend makes himself God's enemy. That's the next sentence. Now, this isn't like, oh, I can't be friends with people in the world. No, that's exactly the opposite of what Jesus did. So that would not compute. People are like, oh, the Bible contradicts itself. No, it doesn't. It says you can't be friends with the values of the world. It's humans that God created, so we love them all. We're friends with the world, but not with the values of the world. Because when you adopt the values of the world, you put yourself in opposition to God. Which is just stupid. Sorry. Does the scripture mean nothing to you that says the spirit that God breathed into our hearts is a jealous lover who intensely desires to have more and more of us? God wants your heart more tomorrow than he has today, and it's not because he wants to rob you and leave you blind. It's because he wants to fill you with joy everlasting. The devil wants to rob you. He also is jealous and wants more and more of your heart and your life, and that's why he'll take in any means possible, and he doesn't play fair. Just saying. He will come after you. And it's why you see this happening even in Christian circles, the backbiting, the stabbing, the gossip, the tearing down, the, oh, my gosh, they have threatened my status in Airborne, so I am going to make their life miserable and make sure I have more friends here than they do so everyone needs to know where they're faulting. Not this culture. I'm just saying other places. We never have these thoughts. Am I right? I know I have these thoughts. I still struggle with these thoughts. Can I be honest? I still struggle with these realities. It's called temptation, but I don't have to fall to it. These thoughts still come to my heart and say, ooh, if you can just this. And there's moments where I get competitive in my heart with Josh because he's freaking amazing and, like, so full of God. And he says stuff, and I'm like, holy crap, like, how did he say that? I'm like, if I could preach like Josh, like, 
I'm not supposed to preach like Josh. And if I take Josh's gift, then my motives are off and I don't get the gift that he has. And I miss the gift that I have. I'm not saying I'm perfect in this realm. Like there's moments I get so jealous of him. Anyway, that I repent and it's good. We're really good friends. We'll get along awesome. It's really good. But I'll be real with you. These are not just like teenage ideas. These are not teenage struggles. These are human struggles where the enemy wants to puff us up with pride Make us think that we are something more than what we are on our own. And then we do this jockey system to try to displace one another so we can move to the top. You ever played King of the Hill? I mean, come on. It's like that is a physical picture of the spiritual reality we play all the time. Going like, oh my gosh, that person is just the way they pray is so much better than the way I pray. I can't pray. I can't open my mouth. If I could pray like them, I would totally pray out loud in a group. If you could pray like them, then you wouldn't pray like you, and that would be a miss for all of us. Okay? Some preach. Some serve. Some love. Some encourage. Some make you laugh. Don't look at the gifts around you and get jealous and try to take what isn't given to you. God gave you your gifts, and they're not an accident, and you're not deficient because you're not like the person next to you. Get over that thought and celebrate the people that God's put in your life that are different than you. What a holy expression. Like the people dancing and jumping and running around. It's like, oh, man, I wish I could dance. I do wish I could dance because it's bad when I try. But you know what? Maybe it's not for me. There's like the whole, like, do you see this? Anyway, it goes right here. This is like the very end, I promise. But he continues to pour out more grace upon us. After all of this, what, Jesus, what James is writing, he's like, after all of this, in the way we behave, in the way we do what we do, in the way that we act, and the way we tear one another down, it says, but he continues to pour out more and more grace upon us. Wow. In spite of our total defiance of how he designed us to live and walk and act and treat each other, he's just like, grace upon grace for the stuff we can't get, for the stuff we don't understand, there is grace sufficient. But here's a qualifier. God resists you when you are proud, but continually pours out grace when you are humble. So then, surrender to God. Stand up to the devil. Resist him, and he will flee from you. How many of you would love to live closer to God and the devil take off running? Humble yourself. Pride puffs you up. Pride takes you to a place of I understand and I know what's best and I know what I need to do and I know what I have to, how I have to navigate and manipulate and work people over so that I can elevate myself. If you're in any sport, if you're in any performance thing, you're, it's like that is the world you live in of bumping somebody else for the top spot, for this, for the solo act, for the like. What if you just do everything you do unto the Lord with all your heart? And he elevates you. Guess what happens? When God elevates you, you don't steal anything from anyone. You get what was intended for you, and God will elevate the humble. Do you understand? Now listen to me. Humble is not thinking less of yourself. Oh, I'm not special. I'm just humble. I'm just me. There's nothing cool about me. 
you understand that humble is not thinking less about yourself? It's thinking about yourself less and more about others. It's getting off of your own navel-gazing. It's all my, my life is so hard and so rough. I tell you what, open your eyes and look at the world around you. There are people dealing with worse crap than you. How many of you got Internet access? You're in the top, like, 9% of the world. 91% of the world has less access to Internet than you do because you live in America. Simple. Oh, but it's slow. Oh, get the heck over it. Think of yourself less. Don't think less of yourself because God called you. He anointed you. He appointed you with a gift and a calling. And when you try to grab somebody else's, yours doesn't get expressed. And we all miss out because you aren't you. So we got to get to a spot where we're less worried about our needs and our stuff. Because guess what? God's good enough to take care of you. And he's put you in the lives of the people around you to build them up. What if you raise everybody up above yourself? Do you think God is incapable of exalting you to a higher place because you serve well? It's the wisdom of heaven is different than the wisdom of man. The wisdom of man says stand on their face. The wisdom of God says take them off the ground and hold them over your head. And I will exalt them. I will exalt you, he says. How many want to be exalted? I don't even know really what that means, but you get the sense, right? Like exalted. I like it just feels like exalted, you know, like, ah, like this is the mode of God. He gives grace to the humble and he opposes the proud. So if you think you're really great at something, praise God for it. Because he could take it in a moment. Because if you get proud of your accomplishments and what you can do and, oh, I'm the top of this and blah, blah, blah. You know, if you're an athlete, I'm not saying God's going to break your leg, but I'm saying that gift can go in a heartbeat. And if your identity is there and your pride is there, like there's nothing left of you. And God didn't intend that. God intended for you to be bold, strong, powerful, and effective in everything that you do because he gifted you for it. He may add and take things from your life, but he's not going to tear you down. It's not the mode of God. Hannah watched dance evaporate from her life in the last year from Lyme disease. Sucks. But you found what God had for you all along in a great place. And he's going to restore your desires, Hannah. I believe that with my heart. Because there's a part of you that's wired for that. And you're going to perform and you're going to celebrate. I'm crying. Sorry. I believe God's going to restore that. Because you faithfully said, God, I found you. I found who I am. We recorded her testimony today. It's going to wreck you guys. Anyway, okay? I'm sorry. I'm stoked. Guys, seriously, this is like when you get to a place where it's like, oh, my gosh, God is better than I thought I could ever plan my life. God says, I'll give grace to the humble. But he opposes the proud. So guard your heart from pride and trying to lift yourself up above others, it will only destroy your heart and your relationships around you. So stand up with me. Read the book of James, guys. I'm telling you, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm changing my world again. Like, oh my word. Okay. Put your hands up for a second. 
We're going to pray one of the most dangerous prayers ever prayed. Oh, are you ready for this? Right here. And only pray it if you mean it because it's risky. Say, God, teach me to be humble. Oh, you just said it. God, we thank you for your wisdom that we can access when our spirit connects to you and we trust in who you are. God, keep us humble. Keep us from pride that the enemy will flee from us because you give grace to the humble. God, I want your grace. And I thank you that you've done abundantly more already than what I could ask or imagine. Yet there is more to come. In Jesus' name, amen. This podcast was recorded live at a Wednesday night youth meeting. To find out more, check us out on Facebook and Instagram by searching Airborne Youth.